hope you're all safe and well. My name's Stefan. Johnny has asked me to come on and uh, say uh, a prayer for you and with you for this week's service. So let us pray. Dear God, thank you for being the God who never sleeps. Thank you for always being there for me, even when I'm not always there for you. Thank you that you are love and that you want the very best for me. Thank you for your promises and that you never change. Help me to rest in the fact that you know what is best for me. Forgive me for turning away from you and trying to control the outcome and situations in my life. The Bible says that you are not the God of confusion, but of peace. Help me to rest in your love and to feel the peace which passes all understanding. Help me to feel your love and comfort. Help me to be still and know that you are God and that you will take care of me, just like any loving parent takes care of their children. Your word says to cast all of our anxiety on you because you care for us. I turn all of my burdens and concerns over to you. Please guide me and help me to be attentive to your loving direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning and welcome to our online service. As always, it's great to have you join with us on a Sunday morning. That's not the only time you can join with us. However, on a Tuesday and Thursdays at noon, we have our time of prayer and praise. It's on Facebook Live and also our podcast, so you can join with that and share any prayer requests that you might have for yourself or for others. And then on Sunday morning, that happens at 10.30, just before our service. It's great to join together in many ways. Thank you, Stefan, for leading us in prayer this morning. And if you would like to take part in our services, then please just get in touch and we will happily do that. We, our Alpha group, were the first to, to lead us in prayer each week. And then we've decided that a couple of people who take part in our prayer and praise, our regulars who take part, we're asking some of them. And so Stefan happily did that for us this morning. And thank you, Stefan, for that. As we continue our service, we're thinking about how God leads us in the midst of difficulties. And through this week, we've been thinking about the persecuted church around the world, and especially in response to Black Lives Matter and how not only in America, but around the world, black people are persecuted to all kinds of misfortunes. And so we've been thinking about our black brothers and sisters across the world and the persecuted church across the world and those who face oppression and injustice. And we'll take a, a moment to pray for them. Heavenly Father, as we begin a service, as we think about what you would speak to us and how you would uh, lead us in our lives, we thank you that we are a church of relative comfort and ease, that in this society that we live, live in, even in the midst of pandemic, we have access to clean water, we have access to health care, we have access to all the amenities that make life comfortable for us. And even our faith, our religion, is one of ease and comfort. We don't face the persecution of our brothers and sisters around the world. We live, live in a peaceful society, in a, a society of, of justice, and we, we are on the right side of that as a church. And so this morning, we want to take a moment to pray for those Christians and those churches around the world who face huge persecution 
who are in minorities across this world and face oppression and injustice. We've thought of our brothers and sisters in Nigeria and Kenya this week, and those are only a fraction of people around this world who are persecuted because their belief is in you. So we ask that you draw alongside them today and, and help us as we remember them to pray with fervency, to pray with a genuine sense of concern for them, and pray with faith that you will work and act in their lives and in their churches to continue the growth of your kingdom here on this earth. That is our prayer. Amen. We pray for them. We act by giving and supporting. One of the ways we do that across the world is through Christian Aid and various other organizations like Jingana that we focused on on Thursday. If you want to find out more about them in particular, you can send us a message or go on to their website. We also support Storehouse here more locally to help those who are uh, not persecuted physically, but who might be oppressed or might not find um, the amenities that they would like to have. And so we give to Storehouse, and so you can come on a Tuesday and Thursday afternoon to give to them. But as we continue our service, in a sense, we, we join spiritually with one another, with members of our church here in Garnerville, but also our brothers and sisters around the world as we draw ourselves to worship God and remind ourselves of his glory and his kingdom which comes among us. We're going to sing together a song. Again, these, some of these songs each and every Sunday might be new to you. Hopefully, they're becoming more known to you. The, the words are on the screen to help you sing along or simply to reflect upon those words. We're going to sing together. Praise the name of our, the Lord our God. my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my savior on that cursed tree his body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy soul Messiah still and all alone Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I 
in robes of white the blazing sun shall pierce the night and i will rise among the saints my gaze transfixed on jesus taken from Acts chapter 21 verses 27 to 40. Paul under arrest. When the seven days of the purification were nearly up, some Jews from around Ephesus spotted him in the temple. At once they turned the place upside down, grabbed Paul and started yelling at the top of their lungs, help you Israelites, help, this is a man who's going all over the world telling lies around us and our religion and this place. He's even brought Greeks in here and defiled this holy place. What happened was that they had seen Paul with Trophimus, the Ephesian Greek, walking together in the city and assumed that he had taken him to the temple, shown him around. Soon the whole city was in uproar, people running from everywhere to the temple to get in on the action. They grabbed Paul, dragged him outside and locked the temple gates so he couldn't get back in and gain sanctuary. As they were trying to kill him, word came to the captain of the guard. A riot, the whole city is boiling over. He acted swiftly. The soldiers and centurions ran to the scene at once. As soon as the mob saw the captain and the soldiers, they quit beating Paul. The captain came up and put Paul under arrest. He first ordered him handcuffed, then asked who he was and what he had done. All he got from the crowd were shouts, one yelling this, one another. It was impossible to tell one one from another in the mob hysteria. So the captain ordered Paul taken to the military barracks. But when they got to the temple steps, the mob became so violent, the soldiers had to carry Paul. As they carried him away, the crowd followed, shouting, kill him, kill him. When they got to the barracks and were about to go in, Paul said to the captain, can I say something to you? He answered, oh, I didn't know you spoke Greek. I thought you were the Egyptian who not long ago started a rat here and led out in the desert with 4,000 thugs. Paul said, no, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus and I'm a citizen of that influential city. I have a simple request. Let me speak to the crowd. I'm sure many of you will recognize this game. 
maybe not this exact one, maybe not the Simpsons Monopoly, but many of you will have played Monopoly over the years, maybe with friends or family. Maybe things have got heated. Maybe the board hasn't finished the game. But maybe you've always enjoyed a game of Monopoly. I haven't played this one in quite a while, but over the years we've played a number of games of Monopoly in our family. Of course, it's a game of strategy. It's a game about getting the right property. It's a game of avoiding jail. It's a game of getting certain cards and trying to get the end, of course, with the, the most money. It's a, it's a game of power, of greed, of, of storing up for yourself. I remember on one occasion when I was quite young and my brother, who's nine years older than me, we were playing and a couple of other, my other sisters were playing as well. And th this one doesn't, this one is card machines. We're into the modern area now. We've got a card machine and some cards, so there's no cash involved. But back in the old style games, it was, of course, money, paper money. Uh, and my brothers and sisters and I, were, while we were playing, of course, you could see how much money everyone had. And Sometimes you would feel sorry for them, and they would probably feel sorry more for me as the youngest child. And, and so you'd maybe get a, a free go off some of the properties that you shouldn't, or, or to avoid some kind of taxes that you shouldn't have. And as we got towards the end of the game, of course, I was the first one out. But it ended up my sister, two sisters and my brother playing away, and all feeling kind of as if they had a good chance. Until right at the end of the game, my brother produced a wad of cash, which he had hidden away. Totally, of course, the, we all erupted about how unfair this was and how he had twisted the rules to suit himself. But the nature of the game, it's about strategy, it's about power, it's about accumulating, it's about ending the game with the, the most amount of money. That can be done through properties, it can be done through the chance cards or various other ways of collecting that money for yourself. And when we think about the story that David read for us today, we see a lot of those similar emotions and motivations at work. It might sound more like a story we've heard in the news recently of riots, of protests, of violence, of mob rule, of authorities trying to keep control over a situation. It was a story like that, but it wasn't incited because of what happened to one man, but because of what one man was doing. We read that in the beginning of the verses that David read, when the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia, seeing Paul, as is in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd. They manipulated this crowd. They used their strategies. They used their motivations of power and control to gain control of this crowd and to stir them up against this man, Paul, who wasn't doing anything wrong. They said, men of Israel, help this man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law in this place. He even bring Greeks into this holy temple and has defiled it. Forget about all the stuff they were doing. Forget about all the ways in which they were defiling that holy place. But they were inciting and stirring up this crowd against this man, Paul against the Apostle Paul, who was going around, and we've read from chapters before, and I know we've skipped over some chapters, and, and maybe you'll get time in the coming days or weeks to read through those five or six chapters that we've missed to hear more about the story of Paul and see more of what he was doing. But he comes to this place, to the Jews, to spread the message of who Jesus is and what he has done. It's not really a story about violence, because the story of Jesus isn't one about violence. His message isn't about violence. But these men, these Jews, 
incite and stir up this riot. And Paul ends up getting beaten and, and again near death, again under the oppression and regime, again being manipulated in what he has said and, and what he's done. And in the whole of this story, it's interesting that Paul's, Paul's not the, the subject of this story. It's, it's what Paul is having happened to him. We don't hear from Paul. We don't hear what he has to say to these people. We just know he's the, the victim of this mob riot and rule. He's the victim of the, the strategy and the power and the control that these Jews want and desire for themselves. And it's interesting to note that Paul, this great apostle, this man who went on huge missionary journeys and spread the Christian faith and the Christian message to the whole Gentile world and the whole of this world that we live in and this part of it, didn't have it particularly easy. He was oppressed, he was subjected to violence, to hatred, to all kinds of lashes, to all kinds of brutal schemes of these men. And yet still he persevered. Still he continued to do his work. And as I mentioned earlier in the service, we've been thinking about the persecuted church and how this message that we believe in, how this message that we have hope and find peace and, uh, and fulfill uh, our lives in and find uh, shape in our lives because of the persecuted church does the same, but comes under huge strain and pressure and, and stress. And yet it flourishes. It grows. Even under that subjected pressure. In the midst of what we find ourselves in now in this pandemic, we might think that we're having it really rough that we're having such a difficult time because we can't leave our houses or we can't go to the shops that we want to, even though a lot of the shops are beginning to open again and opened on Friday, that maybe we don't get to go to the restaurants that we want or we don't get to do the things that we want. Reality is we have safety here. We don't have to worry about promoting our message. I can do this freely on the internet without the worry or fear of persecution or anyone coming knocking on my door. We continue to do our work as God's church here in relative ease. We have the property that we want. We have the things that we need. We might want to avoid jail. That might be the big part that we want to avoid in this game of life. But we essentially, we can build up our property, build up our wealth, build up all the areas. And we, even we take our chances now and again because, you know, we believe we're, we deserve a little bit of luck. We might give back to the community now and again. But essentially, as long as we can build up our kingdoms here, as, we can, as long as we can have a little bit of power and control over what we have, at least we can, we can get what we want to do. Then we'll fit in church and God and Jesus and faith all around that. This is our life. This is our game. We should be exercising control over that, really. In this story, Paul, we don't hear from him. We don't hear what he said or hear what he wanted for his life. Other than later in his writings, he says he considers it all as, as nothing. 
compared to the, the knowledge of knowing Christ and living in the power of Christ. Even in the midst of the dangers and the trials and the hard times that he faced, he continued to seek to be the person that God called him to be. In the midst of those horrifying circumstances, in the midst of, of mob riot and rule, he didn't back down. He didn't shirk his responsibility. He didn't take the easy way out. And the calling for us is to do the same. Maybe to, to throw away the board of what we would want, of what we would desire. Maybe take away some of the things that we would hoard for ourselves. In the midst of this pandemic, or maybe in a, in a wider one, we're thinking about our, our lives as a whole. And ask, well, God, what would you have me do? Who do you want me to be in the midst of this life? How are you asking and calling me to be more like Jesus here and now in this place? Because we don't want to take the easy way out. We don't want to take the path of least resistance. We want to ask, well, how can we stand up? What are we going to do in the face of what we encounter in our day-to-day -day lives? It might not be the same as Paul or the persecuted church. It might not be the same as many others in other parts of the world. But how are we going to face up to the fears and the, the worries and the anxieties and the dangers in our own lives and trust that God has a strategy, that God is in control, that God has the ultimate power over our lives. No matter what we believe we can hoard or come up with, no matter what strategy we think we can put into place. God, what do you want us to do this day? Who do you want us to be in the midst of this? How are you calling us as your church to go out and spread that message of love and joy and peace and wholeness and fulfillment in the space that we find ourselves in? Those are some big questions. Those are some things we have to think deeply about. They're not things that I can give you an easy answer to because there are no rules which I can say, oh, you have to go and do this and this and, and do these steps and get some property here and, and just avoid jail and you'll be okay and, and go to all the popular places and everything will be all right. The Holy Spirit will lead you and draw you into who you are called to be. And as we pray, we'll, we'll do that and we'll thank God that he has the ultimate strategy for our lives. He has the ultimate power and control over all that we are and all that we hope to be. And that in the midst of the, the difficult times, even when, when people and forces come against us, as Paul found in this story, God will never let go of us in the midst of it. Heavenly Father, as we pray to you, we give you thanks that even when we try to manipulate and control, even when we seek and desire all kinds of things, we thank you that ultimately you are in control. Even of this pandemic that we see and the questions that we have that arise out of it, we wonder what's going to happen, when it will end, what's going on. We thank you that you know all those things. 
We thank you that in the midst of it, you care for each of us. You love us more deeply than ever. That you're not abandoning us to the, the ways of this world and the, the forces of this world and the pandemics of this world, but in the midst of it, you draw along beside us. We pray for those who are fearful at this time, that Holy Spirit, you might draw alongside them. Show them what you seek them to be. Give them the strength that overcomes all things and the assurance that can be found only in you. And draw alongside each of us as we seek to, to ask, what would you have me do in the midst of this? Who do you want me to become in the midst of my current life? And how are you asking me to be more like Jesus? Holy Spirit, speak to us in the midst of us and show us your power, show us your glory. And remind us that you'll never let us go, even through the hardest of circumstances, even through the, the deepest of valleys, even through the the most worrying of pandemics. We see that Paul knew that assurance. And so we ask for it now in our own lives. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to sing our, our closing hymn together. And it's him that talked about uh, just a few moments ago. You never let go. storms of this life I won't turn back I know you are near and I will fear no evil for my God is with me if my God is with me whom then shall I fear whom then shall I fear? Oh no, you never let go through the coming, through the storm. Oh no, you never let go in every high and every low. No, you never let go, Lord. You never let go of me. And I can see a light that is coming for a heart that holds on. A glorious light beyond all compare. There will be an end to these troubles, but until that day comes, we'll live to know you here on the earth. And I will fear no For my God is with me, and if my God is with me, whom then shall I fear? Who 
goes on And there will be an end To the struggles But until that day comes Still I will praise you Still I will praise you I can see a light That is coming For a heart that owns on And there will be an end To the struggles our service for this morning we're going to finish together by saying the words of the grace may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore Amen There will be an end to these troubles, 